Hello, hello, and welcome to the Women in Strength podcast. My name is Ro, and I'm your host around here. I'm freaking excited to have you join me so that we can talk all things business. Now, we're going to be breaking into topics, some really juicy conversations from things like systems, strategies, all of these foundation pieces that will really make sure you have a sustainable and thriving business. And we're going to sprinkle it and mash it up with real talk, conversations, topics, and things that we all experience as business owners. But quite frankly, I think we need to share a lot more of. So strap in. Things are going to get a bit spicy around here. I'm going to be opening up into topics that, you know, they might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. But the idea is for us to build fucking amazing businesses. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Women in Strength podcast. My name is Ro and I am just like, I've been up so early this morning because I just got out of bed so excited to have a beautiful guest on the potty today. And we're going to be talking about just a lot of real raw chit chat that I think so many people will gain so much from. So without further ado, I'm going to let her introduce herself. We have the absolute queen that is Claudia from Glow Active. Um, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and then we're basically going to get into it. Hi, queen. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so excited. Like I um, messaged Claudia and I was like, I was just sitting here and I'm not sure Actually, no, I do take that back. What I was going to say is I'm not sure what this sparked this particular topic, but I do know it. what sparked it is because I have a lot of conversations with business owners that have got some beautiful, you know, spiciness within their brain um, and they run businesses. And me and Claudia have had beautiful conversations around where she's at in business. And she was working with me in a private container not so long ago. And I feel like her growth within her business and stepping into all shades of herself, which is what we're going to be talking about today, has been huge for her business. So I think that a lot of people would gain a lot from it. So do you want to kind of introduce who you are, what you do and, and yeah, tell us who you are. I absolutely would love to do that. So I am a coach who specializes in women's strength and health. And I would definitely define my coaching style as holistic. I like to tap into all aspects of health from training, nutrition, and mindset, overall well-being. And I created Glow Active because I wanted it to be a reflection of everything that I believe in, mm. which is providing women with a safe space to fully embrace themselves whilst they're on the journey to reaching their goals. And I think this pretty much stems from me fully, fully embracing myself mm. and coming from what I feel like I would want as a client. And I think fully embracing myself involves all of the spicy parts of my brain, um, which also involves me having ADHD, which is why we're having this conversation yeah. today. Oh, I love that. And I want to thank you so much because I think that neurodivergency and business ownership is not discussed enough um, yeah. in an open setting. And I know that it's it's not to say that everyone has to talk about what they experience, but I know with the business owners that I have in my world, like majority of my business owners have some neurodivergency themselves and we have a lot of conversations you know, behind closed doors. And so that's what I want to thank you for is being able to, to be here and open this conversation because everyone's kind of 
thinking and, and have, living their own experience. But it's just such a big thing in business ownership. And honestly, that's why I also think that a lot of people that are neurodivergent are entrepreneurs because this is some of the magic. This is some of the creativity. This is some of that spice, right? So we're going to be talking about ADHD and, and thriving in business and and yeah, how you navigate business and and the things that you struggle with and just all of the little tangents in between. So I would love to start with, um, you know, when diagnosis or when you were figuring out where you're at in life, when this all kind of came up for you in business ownership and how you kind of tackled that. Yeah. So I think this mostly came to the surface during COVID. And the reason that it kind of came to the surface is because Obviously, a lot of my coaching work before COVID was one-on-one work. Mm. And when I'm moving around, it's really, really easy to focus. Um, It's very exciting. You're doing something different. You're moving your body. However, when I found that I had to sit in front of a laptop because of COVID, a lot of our work moved online, as you would know, um, I started realizing that I couldn't sit there and focus for long periods of time. And I was reflecting back on my childhood and how I was growing up. And I realized that this was not something that I was really ever able to do. Um, I remember being in school, for instance, and I would go into my classes, particularly in year 12, because I remember this being like, you know, it's year 12. This is serious. Like, (laughs) focus. And I would go into my classes beforehand and I'd be like, okay, you're going to concentrate this time. Like, don't get distracted. And within like 10 to 15 minutes, I'd be doodling on my like notepad, like not listening to a thing that the teacher was saying. And it's not that I didn't want to. Mm. It's just my brain had a mind of its own. And I think that as more information has come out about women with ADHD, it's become more apparent that our idea of what ADHD is, is so different than Mm. the reality of it. So I think for a lot of people, you hear the word ADHD and you think of like a young kid just like bouncing off the walls and being super disruptive and, you know, impulsive and not being able to, I guess, pay attention to anything. Mm. And for a lot of women, it doesn't present that way. And I know for me in particular, externally, I would seem so calm. Mm. Internally is where the chaos was. And it was my brain just, and it still does, go at a million miles an hour. I'm having so many thoughts at any one time. And this produced a lot of anxiety, a lot of shame, depression. Mm. There were a lot of heavy emotions that were linked to the things that were going on inside of me. And, you know, that external calmness is what my therapists would label as masking, which, you know, I think comes from women being told to, you know, be quiet, sit down, be a good girl, which, you know, I grew up in a Wog family, love my parents. That was like a big thing, like, you know, like sit down and behave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where this really conflicting identity crisis kind of came from, I guess, because I was just like, why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. Why can't I just sit here and concentrate? Like, I love my work. I love what I'm doing. I love my clients. Why is this so difficult for me? Mm-hmm. And why can't I seem to have a clear direction with what I'm doing and how it's meant to be done? Mm. That's really interesting. I, I, I've i got some kind of questions or just kind of thought patterns because with um. As you made a comment, like the presentation through in women, it, it has been quite different. And we have a lot of conversations like this in in my business in my gym, um, because I've got a team of five and 
three of them are neurodivergent. And they, we have conversations about, you know, quote unquote, late diagnosis with women because there has been, I don't know if it's like a, because it has presented very differently to what people would traditionally think, but it hasn't been diagnosed. And then a lot of women in, in our circles in our gym have been diagnosed with things like depression and anxiety when it's actually been diagnosed incorrectly. Is that kind of ringing? Is that is that kind of what you've heard and, and seen and experienced? Yeah, 100%. Especially yeah. the whole experience thing. Like I was just going to, you know, different therapists and doctors and like, yeah, diagnosed with anxiety, depression, all of these different things. And like nothing was changing. And, you know, when I got my ADHD diagnosis, we realized a lot of where that was coming from was my anxiety around not being able to organize things. Like I would Mm. go to bed and I'd be so focused on all of the stuff that was going on in my brain, the multiple thoughts that I was having, all the things that I needed to do, the fact that I couldn't remember a lot of things. And the depression, I think, was coming from the shame of yeah. that. And you know, I like, I talk about shame often because I think there is a huge difference between guilt and shame. And people oftentimes use those words interchangeably and they're not. Guilt comes from when you feel like you've done something wrong by someone else, or you've just done something wrong that goes against like your morals or values. Mm. Shame is completely different in that it's a feeling that your whole self is wrong. And that is what I resonated with so deeply. Like I felt like there was just something wrong with me. And that is where the depression, I suppose, was coming from. And I think better understanding my ADHD allowed me to understand the way that my brain works. Mm. It allowed me to be self-compassionate and Mm -hmm. accepting. And it also allowed me to just have a deeper understanding of who I am and to make strategies that could help me to thrive it helped me to embrace that creative side that you're talking mm. about because, you know, having a bit of the spice means that you think about things differently and, you yeah. know, a different view on life. And I think that can be a really, really positive thing. Yeah. thing. And I think like, because, you know, in my gym, we've got a community of a hundred women here and we have noticed over the last I would definitely say three to four years in particular also, like I've been running a business for 10 years now, there has been more conversations that we're having about our ladies that are being diagnosed in later years. And I think uh, with a lot of that that's been coming up, like I remember when we started getting a lot of our ladies would be sharing these things with their co- with our coaches. And I, first of all, I fucking like think that's so beautiful that those relationships are forged. And I just remember thinking, why is this, becoming so prevalent and so, so much. And then the more that I read about it and went down rabbit holes and have talked with people and understood that the presentation is very different and there has been a lot of misdiagnosis for a lot of women, they then come into this space of understanding themselves and going, oh, like, what the fuck? This makes so much sense. And it's like, a big penny drop have come. Like I remember one of my coaches, and I know that she'll feel comfortable me speaking about this because she talks about it quite openly. She's been working for me for like three and a half years now. And she had had an early diagnosis when she started working with me. And she actually did go through a lot of a grieving process of like, like what I thought my life was and what I thought that I was diagnosed and what I thought my problems were are something different. And it was 
good because she could understand herself, but it was like grieving that it was missed, if that makes sense. Like, did you ever go through anything like that? I can completely resonate with that in terms of feeling for a period of time that there was a lot of regret for how long I spent my life in that in that shame cycle, I guess, or mm. how much I missed out on because of how I was feeling internally. And I think there was this moment of like, oh, but if I understood this sooner, then, you know, I would have been here in my career mm. or I would have been here in life or whatever it might have been. And I just mm. think the way that I was able to, I guess, get through that grieving process of the life I could have had was understanding that our experiences and our own journey lead us to exactly where we are meant to be. It it creates who we are. And without all of the things that I have gone through in my life, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Mm -hmm. And I had all of those experiences in childhood, in adolescence, and even early adulthood. Yeah. Be the coach, the human, the friend, the daughter, the partner that I am today. Yeah. And so... I think that grieving process is normal, Mm. but I do think that you can simultaneously grieve something and still be happy about the fact Mm. that you've gotten the diagnosis. And I am just the biggest believer in the whole, you are exactly where you are meant to be mantra, because I, I do believe that that's true. But like, oh, fucking mic drop. That is so beautiful because, you know, I remember, you know, we've we've been in s- similar circles around powerlifting and going to competitions and things like that. And I've obviously been, had the privilege of working with you in a close proximity and I've seen you move um, specifically over more of that last, you know, 12-ish months. And I remember when you started to tell me around your diagnosis and things like that. And I've just seen you absolutely be able to take things that make you you and put that into your career, into your coaching practices, into your coaching mastery, all that kind of stuff. And it's, 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 I was going to say it's almost like you've doubled down, but that's not it. It's like you've just sped up with momentum because I feel like you're really starting to step into all of this stuff about who you are. Is that kind of correct in saying that? Yeah, I definitely think that it is. And I think that does come from the self-acceptance aspect of things. But I also think it comes from, I suppose, how I have processed my diagnosis and then how I actually view my ADHD, which I think is a little bit weird. Um, Tell me, tell me more. (laughs) When I say this to people, they're like, huh? And then I explain it a little bit more and they're like, oh. So I think that it's firstly for me separating myself from my ADHD. And like, once again, I know that that sounds absolutely insane, but I think in today's society, we really do love to label ourselves. Mm. And I think by doing that, we make that thing our entire identity. And I think this is true for any label that Mm. we give ourselves, not just ADHD. And I think there was this moment of realization where I was like, I don't want to be my ADHD. I want to be Claudia. Mm. And I think that by understanding that my ADHD is a part of me, but it's not my entire identity, Mm. it actually helps me to move through it. Mm. By separating myself 
from it in that way, I'm able to work with that part of myself. Like I can see it, I can understand it, I can accept it. I know it's there, but that separation allows me not to pigeonhole myself. Mm. So it's would be easy if there was no separation to just be like, oh, I can't do this because of my ADHD. But instead, I've got this deep understanding of how my brain works and a deep level of that self-acceptance and self-compassion. And I've been able to, by that separation, come up with strategies that help me to navigate life and business. Yeah, fuck. I like, that is so powerful because I think sometimes when we think about like in effect, if you were to label the separation, right? Like disassociation, compartmentalized. Like I think those kind of labels or frameworks or whatever get a bad rap. Like, oh, we shouldn't, you know, separate ourselves from these things. We're pushing things away. And I'm like, I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's about learning all parts of yourself and learning when it's like, I don't need that right now or I can put that back on the shelf for a little bit and I can move with something else that I need. And so I think sometimes when we hear these things around separation and compartmentalize, it's like seen as a bad thing, but that is the way that you have learned how to navigate your life and get the best out of what you need for daily life, weekly life, different situations. So I think that's emotional fucking intelligence of Claudia, like to the nth degree. It's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it all depends on like where that separation is coming from, right? Yeah. Like if you're separating because you're denying that part mm. of yourself, that's not going to yeah. get you into it. That is, we're not, we're not telling we're you. We're not into that. that. <laughs> if you're separating it in terms of like, okay, I am still a whole person underneath all of those layers, right? There is still just me as a person and this is absolutely a part of me and I accept it and I love that about myself and I'm going to learn about it. Mm. And I think that view of it is really, really healthy because it then allows you to have that self-compassion. It allows you to release that shame Mm. because it's like, yes, this is here and I can work with it. And me as a person the real Claudia, she's going to take a hold of this Mm. and I'm going to use it to my advantage. And I'm just going to completely slay life. Oh, we love a self-aware queen. Holy fuck snaps. Like, oh, it's just like this piece is just so beautiful. And, and like having knowing how you coach and everything that you bring to your clients, like I see why your clients have like the most deepest, beautiful relationships and trust with you. Because if I'm receiving conversation like we do together, I can only imagine what, you know, behind the scenes is like with your clients so that they can feel that. And it's like, that's, that's, that's coaching to the deepest relationship that we get. Like both you and I do feel it's such a privilege to have depth with with clients and to be able to share these things because it's not a one-way street. It's not like we just hear about them. Like they also hear about us and we create like a, a container together with each other for everyone to kind of move and live because they all become part of our lives as, as well. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And I think like one of the greatest well, this is my favorite part of coaching. Like I love watching my clients evolve, but I always know that the clients that get the most benefit out of coaching with me are the ones where we have these conversations. And to me personally, I don't necessarily bring up my ADHD Mm -hmm. unless it comes up organically, because once again, I just like, 
it's not my entire identity. So I don't just like go around telling people like mm. I have ADHD and I don't say it. I, I guess I'm not bringing it up because it's coming from that shameful part. It's just not coming up because I'm not it's just going to throw that. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. throw that into conversation and make that entirely yeah. the reason that I'm doing something. However, if it does come up organically, I will share that yeah. with my clients, with people in my life. Um, I have absolutely no reservations about doing that. But I mm. think one of the great things that I get to share with my clients is when they are telling me something about their lives, about their experiences, whether it has to do with ADHD or not, I draw on my own experiences, let them know that they're not alone, that they're able to be safe in sharing that with me, that I accept that part of them mm. and that we can work together with whatever it might be to overcome those challenges. Mm. And I think it's that acceptance that really helps people to thrive. Mm. And I think that the only reason I can give that to other people is firstly, because I know what it feels like to not feel accepted and not feel safe being yourself. And I never want anyone to feel that way. And I think the second thing is because I have a deep level of self-acceptance. So. Yeah. Was it always like that? Like, I mean, was that when I, when I say that, like this deep level uh, level of acceptance, has that supercharged since COVID and through this like exploration of self or were you always oh. really like that? No, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> she like yeah. stopped me in her tracks and just gave me a little bit of an eye look on that. She's like, oh, yeah, I was no. just like, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I don't know why I just went British there, but that is okay. Um, so yeah, growing up, definitely not. As I mentioned, a lot of shame. And I think I actually got into the fitness industry for all of the wrong reasons. Like Same. I probably hyper fixated on fitness a little bit. And mm. I came out of high school and I actually wanted to do a law degree. And I started in that. And um, that actually involved reading a lot, which we know I can't <laughs> read boring things. Okay. So I I'm actually didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah. So academically, I actually did well, which was like, once again, this whole thing of like, how can I have ADHD if like academically I can thrive? But, um, you know, a lot of it was just being able to cram the night before an exam, mm -hmm. write everything down on the piece of paper and then forget about it mm. 24 hours later. Um, so I got into my law degree and within a semester I was just like, this is not it. I cannot force myself to read these law books. University is totally different from high school where I could like fake it till I make it essentially. <laughs> and I was falling behind and I was just like, this is boring. I had started getting into the gym. And at that time, I think I was just searching for acceptance and I thought changing my body and, you know, changing the way I looked would give me that. And that's kind of why I was like, well, you know what, like I'm training now, I'm going to be a PT. And so I went and did my set three and four in fitness. And at the end of 2014, I started working as a coach and I think that I actually have some clients who have been working with me from the beginning. Like, I love yeah. that. And one of my very first clients, she actually had a conversation with me the other day and she's like, I'm so proud of you because of how much you've evolved as a coach and as a human. Oh, and it was just literally the most special thing. She's like, I remember when we started how you used to speak about things and, you know, your beliefs, they're so different to how mm. you speak now. And she's like, the level of self-acceptance that I have is because of you because you've taught me that 
I'm allowed to love myself as I am, as I still work towards my goals, that I am meant to enjoy the process. And I think that the only reason that I've been able to get where I am right now is through my own journey, Mm. going through that period of not loving myself, not accepting myself. And it's that real thing of like, when you hit rock bottom, you have no choice but to come back up again. Like there is no way to go further down. And I think I really did hit rock bottom at one point um, a few years ago. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm done with this. Like I want to heal myself and healing is a lifelong journey. I'm not just going to be like, I'm healed. I'm healed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, I was just like, you know what? Like I want more for myself. And I think that has reflected in the way that my coaching style is yeah. that's reflected in my growth. And yeah, who I am today is not the person I was a year ago. It's not the person yeah. that I was two years ago. We are constantly evolving. We are constantly changing. And I think that who I'm stepping into every single day is more and more the real me. So. Yeah. Like I can't even, I literally had a tear coming down my eye because it, it's just so special when you have clients that have witnessed your journey because, and then, and just not even like celebrate or applaud or anything like that. But I think it's such a privilege when we have clients, especially ones that have been through every like iteration of us and they have seen the cringe stuff that we do or they can see our evolution. And I think it's so magical because those people become our friends. Like one of my clients, she's been with me for like almost seven years now and I was a bridesmaid at her wedding and it was like she says things to me and it's like we've lived our lives together and she's like you've had two babies and now I'm married and it's like we get to do this with people and it's so it's it's truly fucking magical and this is the power of what we do right it's it's a it's a two-way relationship so I I love that so much and I think you know where you are now and, you know, me and Claudia had a, a, a conversation, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, and we were looking at some new stuff that she's doing. And I think the new program and the stuff that we'll talk about at the end about what you're stepping into, it feels like to me a huge accumulation of your life's work. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with yeah. that. And I think that I have found so much passion in what I'm doing and purpose and fulfillment. Yeah. And I wanted to, I guess, package that up in a way that would be most effective for people wanting to step into that journey themselves. Mm. Um, You know, I'm quite vocal about this online, but I think a lot of the way that the fitness industry is built is shame-based, you know, tactics. Yeah. Yeah, like you're not good enough as you are and this is how to be skinnier or Mm. whatever it might be. And I think that that approach is toxic. Uh And I think that whenever we're focusing on shame-based motivation, it's going to last for a short period of time. You might feel motivated for a couple of weeks to a month, but after that, it's really hard to keep going when you're in the mind frame. Whereas when you're in a really positive mind frame and your motivation is coming from intrinsically wanting to better yourself, to accept yourself as you are, but work towards your goals because you know that those goals are going to make you feel Mm. so aligned and so good. That's where the magic happens. And once again, I think that my neurodivergent brain really helps me to understand that and, and I guess 
put that all together because that's, that's right. That's, that's right. That's so true. And that's actually where I kind of want to go now. I want to have a discussion around the things that you struggle with in business and then the things where you're like, mm, this shit I slay. So yeah, like, I mean, it's good to understand that around COVID is when you really started to kind of ask yourself questions. Prior to COVID, was there things in business that you struggle with that you're like, why? Like, why is this so difficult for me? So many things. <laughs> that so was many. kind of, yeah, that was a, that was a very like, mm, drop it here question. Oh but <laughs> um, Where to even begin? Yeah. Um so things that I would struggle with was, I suppose, just forgetting to do things. Mm. So it's like making little careless mistakes. And once again, very typical of a neurodivergent person, you have poor short-term memories. So you could, I could say to you, I'm going to do this thing for you tomorrow. And it's not that I don't care about you. It's not that I don't love you or want to see you thrive on your journey, but it's just literally when something's in my brain and it's there for, for a second, it's gone. The yeah. next. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that I have implemented to make sure that this doesn't happen is writing everything down immediately. And I mean, immediately. So I'm going to use an example of, um, a couple of weeks ago, a client, for instance, we were in a one-on-one coaching session and we were talking about her investing in some wrist straps. And I said to her, I'm going to write up um, like a list of different wrist straps. I'll link them for you at different price points. I'll write some pros and cons for you and I'll send it through tomorrow morning. I was like, just give me one second to pull out my phone so I can write this down. Yeah, okay. And in my phone, I have like a list for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so on and so forth. Mm. And so I write it down straight away in my next morning's work. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, it's not that I don't want that client to have her wrist wraps. I do more than anything. But I know that my brain doesn't store that information that well mm-hmm. and there is a possibility I will forget. Yeah. And so, you know, in the past it might have felt rude to just be like, okay, hang on, I'm going to just write this down quickly. But I think me just being able to accept that part of myself has removed the shame or like yeah. scared that someone's going to judge me for having to say that during a session. Yeah. So that's like, you know, and, and I correct me if I'm wrong, your clients are like, it's not even a thing. Like it's just. Oh, no, yeah. no one's. Yeah. No. They're so fine with it. Yeah. They're so fine with it. I don't think anyone's ever said anything. And at Excuse the end me, of the Claudia, day. No. <laughs> yeah. Like why are you writing it down? And at the end of the day, like if you're giving them the thing that they want the next day or that you've promised them, yeah. that is more important to them than whether you've pulled out your phone to just quickly jot down. And once again, there's a difference between quickly jotting something down and scrolling on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Unacceptable. <laughs> um, but as long as you're giving them the service that they want, they are going to be They're happy. Gonna get, yeah. Yeah. And it's so, um, it's really funny because in, in my business with my staff, so we share calendars and my, my Queens that have got neurodivergency, they put literally everything in their calendar and I'm talking, get petrol, you know, go to the shop, <laughs> pay bill. Like it's like everything. And it honestly, Claudia's laughing. Cause she's like, yes, I, I get it. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when, you know, I'll drive home and like my petrol will be really low and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to get it tomorrow on the way to work. And then like I've completely forgotten. I haven't given myself, like I've given myself 30 minutes to get to work. I'm like, oh, is my car even going to make it? (laughs) 
um, so yes, write down when you it's need petrol. Like literally everything yesterday in the calendar, because I just find so much joy in bringing our calendars up. I screenshotted our 10 calendars because they're all different colors and I circled it because in a two hour overlap, there was a reminder for brows, a reminder for bagels and a reminder for Botox. Yeah, on it, and I put it in our Slack Slack channel, and I was like, "This is what dreams are made of, team." It was Actually, so fucking funny. It's <laughs> so good. Well, that kind of brings me to my next point: list everything down at the start of each day, like write a list, and be clear and intentional about what needs to be done. And I'm talking like break this down. I'm like, I feel like the best example of this is. If I talk about, okay, like I'm going to clean my room, for instance. Mm. I'm going to explain how a virgin brain would work. So I walked into my room. It's a little bit messy. And I'm like, okay, I've got to clean this. I need to break it down into tasks. So my first task might be clear everything off of your bed, right? Mm. And I need to continue to bring my focus back to that. Because if I don't, what will happen is I'll pick something up off my bed, bed and go to put it in my cupboard. But as I'm walking to my cupboard, I see that... I've got shoes on the floor. And so then I pick up the shoes and I put those away. And then when I go to put my shoes away, I see that my shoes are all messy. So then I start to move my shoes around. And then all of a sudden I start thinking about something else. And my brain has completely gone from the task of having to clean my bed and nothing ends up getting done. And it's that that you need to take into your business. And what (laughs) I take into my business is like everything is so clear because as a neurodivergent, like your brain will start to go off on tangents. You'll start doing one thing and it'll start being Mm. like, cool, but what about this thing? And what about this? And you need to keep bringing your focus back to what's actually happening. And that's why like, yeah, write down your list of the things that you need to do in the you know, ranking from one to 10 of how important yep. it is and be specific and intentional because otherwise nothing, nothing going to get done. Yeah. Yeah. What about like, if we think about business, what about like admin based things in business, whether it's like finances, whether it's like systems, like tell me kind of how you experience that kind of stuff. Okay, and this is like a really good question. And I only realized I did this recently. Hmm. So firstly, having systems in place for the boring stuff, so important. Hmm. So, so, so important. And I have systems for almost everything. Hmm. And I realized the way that I got myself to actually make these systems was to be as creative as possible when I was actually making them. Because when it comes to doing what what your brain thinks is boring, It's really difficult. So all of my spreadsheets are in color-coordinated, you know, layouts. Yeah, do you know I had a look at one of them recently, Claudia? Because I was like just being a stage five because like I always want to see how my mentees are going and all that kind of stuff. And I went in and I was like, of course, it's fucking beautiful. Like, (laughs) Yeah, literally, be as creative as The fonts, the colors, like everything has to be – it, it just makes it an experience. Yeah. And I actually didn't even realize that that was what I was doing until I sat and reflected on it. And I was like, I was, I was making a, a spreadsheet for Aligned, my new program. And like, I was having so much fun making it. And I was just like, who am I? And then I realized it's because I'd color coordinated it with the colors that I'd put on my, you know, posts and graphics. You're making this an experience for me, Claudia. Exactly. (laughs) It's it's so much fun. Like, and that's the thing as well. Like you have to find a way to make the boring stuff less boring. And for me, that is bringing out that creative side of my brain because 
I am creative. That is one of the parts of myself that I love. And having the systems in place means that when I have to go and do something that isn't that exciting, it's really easy to get it done. It doesn't take that much time. The process of actually creating the systems is fun because it is creative. Mm -hmm. And when I go into my spreadsheets for whatever it might be, I get a little bit of dopamine because I'm like, this looks nice. So nice. Also making banks. So that looks nice too. Like it's all a (laughs) win-win. It is. It's a win-win-win-win-win. I love that. And yeah, it's just, it was so funny when I had a little bit of a look and I was like, yeah, because I was, I was having a look at, um, if you were just continuing to do it, like I I really like to see, and I won't even say anything to people. Like I've usually got access to the sheets and then I win and I was like, of course she fucking has. Like I just, of course she has. And you can see like, it's so methodical and it's, it's so well thought out, not necessarily from the layout of it, but from what you need so that you engage with these things that you need to in your business because you know that they are important. Because, you know, a spreadsheet that looks dull is probably not going to be filled in by you unless it looks the way that you want it to look. Yeah. Exactly. What what about like, like when you were running business before you kind of made those realizations, like did you struggle with things like finances and systems and stuff like that? There were no systems. (laughs) No idea what was happening. Yeah. Like literally there was nothing going on behind the scenes. It was just like, I think I could work in my business. I couldn't work on my business. Yeah. So I think that was probably the thing that I struggled with the most. And I suppose that comes back to like what we were saying before, how you have that grieving process of like, well, I could have been this far in my business if I'd just done this five years ago because I I mean, I've been in the industry for nine years and mm. I feel like it's only really been like the past year or two that I've really been thriving in it and it's not that I was a bad coach beforehand. I've always had the knowledge. I've always had the ability and my client retention rate is very, very high because I do actually believe in the service that I give. I give a great service. Mm-hmm. However, it is really hard to move forwards in business when there isn't systems in place mm. and you don't have a clear and concise method to how you're doing things. And I think realizing that I needed to make the method work for me instead of just having whatever mm. method works generically for people, mm-hmm. I had to take that method and make it my own. And Mm -hmm. that is where the transformation kind of happened. But Mm. before that, there was nothing. Like Mm. it was just guesswork. I was just doing whatever, posting whenever I felt like it, wasn't tracking my finances, wasn't focusing on leads, wasn't doing any of that background stuff. And I think that's probably what stopped me from actually stepping into the success that I've had over the past couple of years. Mm. So it sounds like really taking scaffolding and like roadmaps and then putting Claudia's beautiful spin on it however that looks has been what has really allowed you to step in over the last couple of years yeah yeah 100% and I think you use the phrase like when something feels icky sticky and yuck yeah to change it so I think I've taken that you know and when something feels icky sticky and yuck, yuck yeah I adapt it to make it feel less yuck yeah. So there'll be some parts of like a spreadsheet, for instance, where I just I go to fill it in. I'm like, I don't like this. And I was, and then I stop and I ask myself, like, why don't I like this? Like, what about this is not vibing for me? Yeah. And then I will adjust accordingly. And then I'm like, okay, hang on. 
this feels nice. Like this feels easier for me. This feels like it works with how my brain works. And I'm more inclined to want to actually fill it out. That's like so important though, right? Like if something genuinely feels just yuck when you're going into it, and especially because we go into these things in our business very frequently, like whether you're neurodivergent or not, like imagine the experience that you're having with that. Like, of course you wouldn't like areas of your business if it feels yuck. 100%. And like a lot of what I'm saying now, yes, it applies if you are neurodivergent, but it applies if you're neurotypical as well. Yeah. Like it needs to feel good for you. Whatever you are doing, so true. it needs to feel aligned. It needs yeah. to feel like it's flowing and it's free. And even though it might not be the most exciting thing that you're doing, it should feel relatively like it flows. Yeah. It, it, ha- that little, that last little part that you put that it, you know, feels like it should flow and things like that. How does business feel for you now? Like compared, because you have been in business for a very long time and it really does sound and feel that it's just a different way of operating now. Like how would you describe your like relationship with business now? I think my relationship with business now would be if I had to use a word, and once again, I think this is going to sound a little bit weird, but I will elaborate. It feels more clear. Um, and I, actually, that doesn't sound weird, but I will elaborate anyways. <laughs> so prior to this, and we've kind of spoken about the way my brain works, I really struggled with narrowing down any one thing because of how many thoughts were going on in my head at any one time. And I think what has actually helped me in my business is getting really clear on who I am. Mm. Um, And parts of that is the ADHD. Parts of it is my values, my morals, what I believe in. And I think it was that clarity that helped me to have a better relationship with my business. Mm. Because without that, it was the chaos that was happening inside. It was reflected in my business. And I just think that that is the thing that ties it all together. Um, And don't get me wrong, I am still chaotic inside. And sometimes I do still struggle with not being able to narrow down a thought. And when that happens, I really try to just strip it back because Mm. I'll notice my brain starts to spiral and go like, okay, but you've got to do this and then this and this and then I'm just like, stop for a second, Mm. take a breather. What are you actually trying to achieve here? Be clear on it. And that's why I keep talking about intention. Mm. Actually, I changed my word from clear to intentional. Intention. It feels intentional. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that's so interesting because the way that we share conversations and the conversation that we're sharing today for everyone to listen to, like if I think about words that describe you with how you move now, it is intentional. Like, you know, we might not speak for a couple of weeks and then we drop in and I'm like, hey, you know, and you're like, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm thinking, but I'm going to sit on it. And I feel like there's something there. Like you're very fucking intentional. And when you potentially want to do something and then it might actually veer off, it actually feels like you really welcome that change. Like you're not sticking it into a box because you have got all of these ideas and all of these creative things that you can do. And to me, it feels like you're just open to it all. Would you kind of, would that be something that you might agree with? Yeah, 100%. I think it's about being adaptable. And I also think it's about 
our view of ourselves and how much we tie our self-worth to our successes. And I think even in the past, and this is probably where the shame was coming from as well, like I felt like everything that happened in my business was a reflection of who I was as a person. And, Mm. oh, my God, that is such a gross, yucky, icky, sticky, yucky place to be in. Mm. Um, And instead now it's like I can view if something doesn't work, if something fails, I can separate myself once again from that failure, not attach it to mean anything about who I am as a person and just be like, okay, this didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? What could I do differently next time? Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be that person that sits here and be like, and is like, you know, failure doesn't exist because it's not true. We are human. We're mm-hmm. going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. I can have all of these plans and, you know, strategies for my ADHD and still some days it's not going to work. And that is absolutely okay. But what's actually going to help me to move forwards is being like, this didn't work. It doesn't mean anything about who I am as a human. What can I do differently next time to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Mm. And I think it's that separation that helps you to adapt, helps with the self-acceptance and just helps with the flow. Mm. But that's the thing. Like, I feel like a really big piece that's coming up is the separation and the tying your meaning toward experiences and like, you know, failure is an example. There's this, you know, motivational quotes that get thrown out. It's like fail forward and everything's a lesson. I'm like, no, there are failures. There are 110% failures. Failures failures are real. Right. A lot of the times like it is because we didn't do something or, you know, we could have done something differently and it is okay to make mistakes. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, it doesn't, I think the problem is, is when we fail and then we tell ourselves, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. I am never going to make it. It's Mm -hmm. that narrative that's not helping you. And that's why reframes like that sometimes are so fucking unhelpful because, uh, fail forward versus we actually fail, but we can separate ourselves from it. A reframe to fail forward is just fucking avoiding a problem. Like it's avoiding Literally. how you perceive the problem, right? Literally. Literally. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's like a big thing. And like, once again, a lot of what I'm saying applies to whether you have ADHD or not, but it really is just about being honest with yourself. Yeah. Being so honest, like being able to tell yourself when you've done something wrong and being like, okay, I put my hand up and I own that. I Mm. fucked up Mm. and that is okay. I don't want to fuck up again. So what am I going to do differently? Mm. But you know what? Like with my staff members that are neurodivergent, they are phenomenal at that. And I think it's because similar to the stuff that you've been through with self-acceptance, like they have been and are still going through this journey of like, it is me and like there's literally nothing to hide. There's no reason that you have to feel shit about it or you have to cover it up. So there's no no reason to have to lie or fake the truth or whatever it might be. Like they are just so amazing at feedback, at owning up if they forget something or being like, fuck, I'm sorry or whatever it might be. And then just moving on. Like I on like it's they've got so many superpowers, but those are some of the greatest superpowers of my staff members that have neurodivergency because it's it's full acceptance of who you are. And it's 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 like it doesn't have to be shameful and it doesn't have to be anything like that because the 
neurodivergent and just who they are as people, that is what makes them them. And like they just have all of these great qualities and if they hide it and don't talk about it or try and cover things up, it just fucking makes it worse for one. But then it's just reinforcing that they think that those things are bad, which they're not. 100%. And I think that, you know, going back to what you said about having that acceptance I think that everybody needs to have that level of acceptance because I think us as, you know, humans, Mm. we expect ourselves not to make mistakes. And that is such an unrealistic expectation to have of yourself. And I think what's great about having ADHD is like it gives you a reason for these mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's a very specific thing. And I think that that can help you to work through it and understand it better. However, I don't think there always needs to be a reason like ADHD or something else happening behind the scenes to help you with that self-acceptance and to help you to just be like, you know what, people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so if you're listening to this and you don't have ADHD and you're struggling with making mistakes, my best piece of advice would be to just be firstly, as I said, honest with yourself, but be open to being a human being Mm -hmm. who is flawed because we are flawed Mm -hmm. we are all imperfectly perfect that that (laughs) is the way that society is built and remembering that you are not the only person who's going to make a mistake Mm. you know every single person around you has made many many mistakes I've made many mistakes I'm sure you've made mistakes Mm. before it happens being able to have that honesty, have that compassion with yourself and continue to move forwards is going to mean more than stewing yeah. in that mistake. Yeah. And I think like that is like words to live by for fucking any person, any business owner, any per- like human being on this planet because ultimately like we are who we are and we are all beautifully made up of everything. Um, and I actually want to, I'm just going to throw in a question to kind of, to, to kind of finish, finish up. Like if you were to uh, describe yourself and, and, you know, you've made it very clear throughout this podcast that you just think about yourself as all parts of yourself, whether it's ADHD or not, like what would be a couple of words that you would use to describe yourself? That is a very good question. <laughs> I think I would describe myself as adaptable, mm. capable. I think that I am empathetic, mm. understanding, and I think that I am also aligned. Yeah, which is legitimately the perfect segue for new program. Um, yes. I want to kind of finish up and, and you know, give the listeners like an idea of what you're actually doing in your business because I've seen a massive shift, obviously, and I, I know what's kind of gone on the back end of your business. And um, it's been so – when when you came into – into my DMs and we're like, hey, can we book a call? And I was like, oh, she's fucking arrived. Like I was just like, she's here. It just felt so right. So where's your career going? What are you doing right now? Tell us all about it. So still within Glow Active, um, still working with clients on a one-on-one and online coaching basis. But I wanted to add in 
something a little bit different um, because a lot of the, you know how they always say like your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Like what you put out into the world is the energy that you get back. They are the types of people you're going to attract. And I think it's very evident from my energy that I am a b- big believer in delving deep into the reasons why we're doing things, mm. into better understanding our thoughts, our beliefs, our habits, and our behaviors, and actually creating long-term and sustainable change. And it's all about healing. And through my cl- current clients and what we kind of discuss together, we talk often about the underlying thoughts and feelings that they have about their bodies. And I think a really common theme that I see among the women that I work with and among women in general is we just never feel good enough as we are. Mm. And I work with a lot of women to overcome these barriers, to help improve their self-confidence, to help improve their understanding of themselves, to separate their thoughts Mm. from who they are. Like you are the thinker of your thoughts, you are not the thoughts themselves. Mm. And to understand where these beliefs might be coming from. And, you know, I've worked through this successfully with many clients. I've given them strategies, tools, activities, knowledge to help build that confidence. Mm. And I essentially wanted to package that up and create almost an educational resource that allowed people to go through that healing journey to help improve their body image, their sense of confidence, to help them to gain you know, conscious eating habits Mm. and to also combine that with a tailored training and nutrition plan to help them reach their goals. And so it is really the full package of an educational resource and then also some really quality coaching as well. So I think that this new step is really, really exciting for me. And I think that it is just exactly where I'm meant to be. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's just, it's like the perfect next thing for you. Just the perfect. And when I saw the graphics come out the other day, I was like, oh, queen, hitting it hard. I love the blue. I love it's, it. It's so pretty. It's really, um, cause I, even this morning when you shared about your new rebrand, I'm really enjoying seeing like the different color palettes coming through it as well. Yeah. I just wanted things that reflected my internal state. And so <laughs> the brief that I gave to my graphic designer was like, funky but calm and I think that's <laughs> literally that describes the chaos and the calm that funky happens but calm. yeah <laughs> I love that Claudia it's funky but calm. But calm. <laughs> it's the chaos but the calm and she nailed it she nailed it nailed the brief. Uh, yeah she did so, so you know Claudia um when is that program starting babe it's starting on the 25th of September. 25th of September. So uh, this podcast will be coming out before the course actually starts. So I will make sure that I pop details in the show notes. Um, and to kind of finish out, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Claudia Coppola or at underscore glow active. Yes, love it. And you know I'm going to be always coming into DMs. How's it going? Who have you got in? Like it was literally the first question because I just, it's just so exciting when programs come out that you know when I see pe- people release stuff and you're like, this is just so it for them. Like it just feels so aligned. I just get so excited to see how it's going. So anyone that's going to be coming into your space, especially into this new level of what you're doing is going to gain so fucking much. And I can't thank you enough for sharing just such like open words and you're just a funky but calm energy. So thank you. 
Thanks for having me and the same goes to you as well. Absolutely chatting with you. Sending so much love. Thank you, babe. And I will see you at the platform sometime soon, huh? I will see you (laughs) at the platform sometime soon. Exactly. (laughs) See you, babe. Take care. Bye. Bye.